The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Maxwell Ivy. He's also known as the Blind Blogger. He was born into a family of carnival owners in Texas, and he lost his sight at the age of 12. Yet he still graduated college, was heavily involved in the Eagle Scouts, and he also worked in the family business alongside his brothers until his father died of lung cancer. And then Max has made some life-altering changes of his own, which we'll talk about today on the show. But after the family business, uh, he started his own business, buying and selling amusement rides, and he learned how to use uh, software for the visually impaired so that he could write his own blog. And he now shares those experiences on that blog called, appropriately, The Blind Blogger. He also has a book that he's written called Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. And today he's here to talk about that book and to talk about his life and his business. Welcome to the show today, Maxwell. Well, hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, how are y'all doing today? Just absolutely fine, especially so because we were supposed to get a half a foot of snow and it went north and we got rain instead. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that I'm not a snow lover. <laughs> uh, my dad always used to say the best the best thing about snow is to watch it through a window in a house where you where it's warm and you got plenty of food. So, great advice. Uh, yeah, you probably don't get a lot of snow down in Texas, though. Uh, no, in Houston, we hardly ever get it. Uh, they've they've gotten quite a bit of it in Dallas, Fort Worth, and northwest Texas this year. And you know how a lot of places in this country have broken their drought with rain? Mm-hmm. In northwest Texas this winter, they broke their drought with snow. And at one time, they had something like 15 or 20 inches one weekend. And uh, there was actually some deaths up there. But mm-hmm. it had been several years since they had the kind of snow that they usually get in the northwest in the big bend part of the state so but yeah here in houston we get rain sometimes we get ice we hardly ever get snow here if you want to skate you have to go to the to one of the malls (laughs) during christmas well let's talk a little bit about your business you have a business that's called midway marketplace and i talked a little bit about how that came to be when i introduced you but you've got a larger story around that tell us about it well, when my family had been operating a carnival, we had about a seven-ride show. And in a small business like ours, the only way you could buy new or, or even different equipment was to sell the stuff you already had. So I had been helping my family whenever we needed to buy and sell equipment for, for our own uses. So when I realized that the carnival business, at the midway part of my life was over, that I was no longer go- going to be traveling with a show, then I decided... Uh, what else is there that I know anything about that I could could go forward from here? And that's where I started the Midway Marketplace and figured I could help other people buy and sell their equipment. And uh, it turned out to be a lot harder than I thought, partly because my business model was different than the other people who are doing what I'm doing. 
there are and have been several free classified sites for amusement equipment, which probably surprises most people that there are even any sites for selling this stuff. But <laughs> there are, and there have been, and they've been existing for quite a while through advertising. And here comes along a new guy who nobody knows, and his idea is he's going to sell based on a, on commissions, and people are going to have to pay me to sell their equipment. So in the early days, it was very difficult getting people to agree to list their equipment. And for the first few years, everything on the website belonged to people who I knew or were, was related to. And uh, quite frankly, a lot of the stuff I had in the early days was junk, was very <laughs> old, uh, antique. Got to start, though, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to start somewhere. You got My brother used to joke. He used to say, you know, Max, you should call your website the Isle of Misfit Rides. <laughs> he also said I should have it start up playing the music from the old Sanford and Son TV show. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know that, Sanford and Son was a show about a father and son who ran a junkyard. But eventually I uh, was able to start getting people's attention mainly by just uh, continuing to ask them if they would list their equipment with me, uh, sending out hundreds and thousands of emails, making lots of cold calls, visiting people who listed on the free sites and encouraging them to also list on my site because for some reason there was the the idea that I had to have an exclusivity, which couldn't have been farther from the truth because my attitude was is, as long as you agree to pay me if I'm the guy who sells it, I don't care how many places you got it listed. So eventually I did start to get some listings and I've actually made some some pretty impressive sales. And the, and the, the, the first sale that I was really proud of was a carousel about um, – five or six years ago. And the thing that made me happy about that was because I encouraged the owners to send me some video. And at the time, none of the other sites were, were accepting video, much less asking people to make it. I posted the video, sold the carousel within about a month and did it in spite of the fact that it had been listed with another larger company for over a year. Wow. And that made me feel real good. I mean, should have. Yeah. Oh yeah. These people had offices in, uh, in Italy, Nashville, Tennessee, Los Angeles, California, and Sydney, Australia. You know, these are big dogs. <laughs> and I was able to sell a carousel right out from under them for, for my client. And not only did I sell that and sell it within 30 days because of that video, but they now, the company I sold it for is a mall development company. When they buy out old malls, the first thing they do is get rid of the kiosks and the carousels and the yeah. playports, anything that's not mall-related. And now when they when they buy a new mall, they call me up and go, Max, we just got new stuff. We need you to get rid of it for us. So it earned you repeat business as well. And now you started this in 2006. It's called Midway Marketplace. And you did this with really no knowledge of the Internet. I mean, not only were you learning a new business model or introducing a new business model in this industry, but you were having to teach yourself how to uh, create a commercial site and sell through it. Exactly. Uh, when I when I first decided to create the Midway Marketplace, I had come home from an event in September. It was called the Texas Pecan Festival in Groves, Texas. My game had, had plenty of good stock, lots of people, perfect weather. I made absolutely no money. And I came home disgusted. I said, I said, okay, this is the day I create a website. It was September 28th of 2006. It wasn't until January or February of 2007 that we actually had a website because I called my brother and said, okay, we're filing for a domain name today. Here's what we're going to call it. But I didn't have the first clue how to how to create a website. I wasn't even really sure what one was. But, you know, I had heard people say that if you were going to run a, a business that you needed to be online and that online meant having a website. So 
uh, we started doing some research, and luckily my brother Michael is one of these guys who, uh, if he can see it, if he can do it, he can learn it, and then he can teach somebody else how to do it. Mm -hmm. And he basically, him and electronics and computers and the Internet, they all, it's all like they talk to each other. Like he's got a a different gene in his body that the rest of us don't have. (laughs) And a few months later, he put the website online. It was a very simple site with four pages that I had sent him all the information for. And a, and a widget from some company that would allow me to up, upload the pictures and write the description without having to know anything about the website. But about five months after that, my brother got a really high-paying job moving rides for an independent ride company on the East Coast. I lost my webmaster, so overnight I've got a website. I don't know how to update it or maintain it or anything, but I figured I better start learning. And I joined some forums. I joined a couple of mailing lists for visually impaired web ma- webmasters. Yeah, it shocked me. There was a group of them out there. Um, and I started going through the W3C.org school of tutorials for how to how to build a website. And I went one by one by one. And you know, I still keep a copy of the homepage of the first of the the site as it was when I first started working on it because, quite frankly, it was god awful looking. It was bright. <laughs> it was. It was bright yellow background, uh, dark blue text, um, brick red link colors, uh, orange if you clicked on a link to remind you you'd already visited that link. I have been told that Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have had a conversation about it. It was that bright. bright. <laughs> yeah. And people, some people even complained about it. But here's the thing. It worked. It, it wasn't the best uh, website ever, but it allowed me to update the site, to create the links pages, to start uh, adding videos, to to do what I wanted to do with the site, to add the blog to it when I when I first when I found out what a blog was about and why I needed one, and I sold equipment with a site that wasn't perfect because I didn't worry about how bad the site might look. I just said, okay, this is the best I can do right now. We're going to put it out there. We're going to tell everybody to come look at the pictures or the video. They were going to tell them, hey, I got this stuff for sale, and basically just ignore the desire for perfection and work. And that's what right. I did. That's what I continue to do. And, and I made some pretty good, some pretty good sales off of this website before finally moving to WordPress and now having a more traditional, uh, white characters. I mean, black characters on white background. Sure. It was 2006 for heaven's sakes. And you know, the brightness and the, uh, garishness maybe you know it, it kind of went along with the amusement park idea you know a lot of bright lights and things going on and so maybe it wasn't so off kilter uh, as you thought it was so 2006 and then you're having to do this again not knowing anything about the internet you're introduced a new business model you had to teach yourself the internet you had to have special software because of course you're not able to visually uh, track this uh, and then you also how, how do you how did you keep up with the times? You just finally learned this, and then along comes WordPress, and even WordPress has evolved over the last little bit. So how, how do you keep up to date with all those changes in technology? Well, part of it is realizing that I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to. In, uh, I don't have to adopt every new new thing that comes along. True. And if I do adopt them, I don't have to do them in the exact same way everybody else is doing them. Um, But the real thing that has helped, and it's helped more than anything, and most people don't believe this when I tell them, is that there are lots of people out there who are willing to help somebody who wants to be helped if you'll just let it be known that you need it. Most people that are starting new businesses 
are afraid to look silly. They're afraid that it'll be, embarrass them, that people will think less of them if they ask for help. But I like to say the Internet, especially the blogosphere, is very supportive and helpful. And if people knew how friendly it was out there, everybody would have a blog or a podcast or a website. So uh, I've been lucky as I have put it out there that I need help. People have come along. Uh, the first guy who really helped was a guy named Ashley Fox from Switzerland, who's a web designer. He has a site called madlemmings.com. And he helped me with the whole migration of my site from uh, from HTML to WordPress because I had like maybe 200 pages of links, maybe wow. 30 or 40 pages of, of equipment listings. And so he helped me create the menu and migrate all the old stuff over to the new website because it was such there was so much stuff that had to be moved. That when I first went to WordPress, I created the homepage on WordPress, but I linked everything else back to the old site. Mm -hmm. Just just because it was intact and you had all the backlinks and so forth. Uh, But you know, you you may you raised a very very good point there, and that is that business owners sometimes try to work too much in isolation, and they don't have to. There are lots of resources out there specifically for entrepreneurs, and people are so willing to help. But you have to ask. And so with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about your pivot into blogging and then the book. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 15th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala, February 27th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsored Catalyst for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Reserve your tickets now at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We've been visiting here this morning with Maxwell Ivy, also known as the Blind Blogger. He's been talking about the pivot that he made after his family's amusement park business went out of business and he started selling amusement park rides and memorabilia and so forth through the internet. He did this without the benefit of knowing anything about e-commerce and also by turning the accepted, for lack of a better word, the accepted business model in that industry on its head. And yet he made another pivot and that was to start blogging. Tell us about why you started blogging, Max. 
I started blogging because so many people said that if you're going to be online, you have to have a blog. And then later I found out that it's, it's, it's become the way to keep your site current and to communicate with your audience and to even, to, even to build an audience. And in addition to being known as the blind blogger, I'm also known as Mr. Midway. <laughs> and uh, so it gives you an opportunity to share information in a more personal way and keep your site current, much more current than you can with just the static web pages. So that's why I do it. Right. And actually, this helped you morph into what you're really spending a lot of time doing now, and that is becoming a personal growth coach. Yeah, it did, because it was through the blog and promoting the website and people's equipment that I started meeting many other bloggers and podcasters, and they told me how inspiring my story was. And, of course, I tried to convince them that I wasn't inspirational, that I was just a guy showing up and and working to build a business. But they finally persuaded me that the thing is there are so many people with no physical disabilities who who aren't showing up and who are basically happy with uh, going through their day and uh, accepting where they're at without any real hope of any, any improvement or any big goal or dream. And so since since I would have a perfect excuse to sit home on the couch and watch TV and eat junk food, I'm a perfect guy to be an inspiration to other people. Absolutely, because as you say, you know, there's a lot of complacency out there. A lot of people that have the tools, they just don't have the will. And so you help jolt people into a new way of thinking. And uh, so tell us about some of the topics that your blog covers. Well, the the uh, Midway Marketplace blog, I, last year I did a series on how to have a uh, safe bounce house rental because it was it's, it's was in the news and it's generally in the news at least once a year when yes. somebody will improperly set one of those up and somebody will get hurt or killed. So I did about a six-part series on how to know if the people setting up your bounce house are doing it right, how to know if your bounce house is safe and some things you could look to look for and things you can do uh, should you be a little worried about your bounce house? Uh, and then on the blindblogger.net, uh, I've written posts about what it means to be an inspiration, uh, written posts about not letting fear get in the way of going after your dreams, and um, basically just to continuing to, to take action on a daily basis. Yes, and you've experienced that not only through the amusement park business and having to, you know, decide I'm going to do something about the the lack of money that was coming into the the former business, but you also have done that in your personal life. When I introduced you, I said that you'd had um, some some things go on uh, in addition to the blindness. You were battling your weight, and you decided to do something about that as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I had always been fat. But when the carnival business started going downhill, I put on even more weight. And uh, eventually I, I got to the point where a doctor told me if I didn't change my physical well-being, I wouldn't be around much longer. So I got with a, a good doctor. Uh, she noticed that I had uh, probably had sleep apnea and got me tested the sleep study, put me on a CPAP machine. So that gave me more energy because I was sleeping better. Mm-hmm. A few years later, I was encouraged to go to a seminar about gastric surgery. Once I realized that gastric surgery is not a quick fix, but just a tool to help you make progress when you're when you probably can't do it on your own, I was in, had the surgery October of 2012, lost over 250 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I have to remind myself to slow down when I say that over 250 pounds. <laughs> everybody usually or, slows you down with a wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
or or over half my body weight. So yeah, yeah that made a big a big improvement in my life. Um, one of the things I remember from one of the classes I went to is they said, you know, if you follow what we teach you and and really uh, embrace the new lifestyle, you need to get a you need to start thinking about a hobby or a new business now, mm-hmm. because you're going to have so much more time and energy now that you're not going to be spending so much of it thinking about eating or eating or being dragged down by all the extra weights you're carrying. And at the time, I thought, well, that's great because I already have a, a hobby slash business, mm-hmm. and it would be great to have all that extra energy. And it's turned out to be be very uh, beneficial because, you know, I've I've started doing these radio shows I, and podcasts. I do probably two or three a week now. Mm-hmm. I've got two websites and two blogs. So having all this extra energy by losing the weight and getting healthy was a, a big improvement in my life and my business. And I think far too many business people uh, underestimate how much damage they're doing to their career and their business by not getting good rest and not following a proper diet. Yeah, that's also a good point. And I think probably, you tell me, I think probably that the fact that you have been through some of the experiences that you've had, that the challenges personally and in business that you've had to overcome helps people connect with you and trust your advice better than perhaps just somebody coming out of academia who studied about all these things and says, here's how you should run a business. You have lived it. Uh, and like I said, you've, you've struggled through some things in your personal life. And so it makes, makes it easier for people to connect with you. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I would say that's true on in in both cases, business and in 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 health. And people people say you've been there, you've done that, you have all the experience. As a good friend of mine, David Rafe likes to remind me, Max, you have a PhD in hustle and muscle with a <laughs> with a, a additional studies in creativity and positivity. Yeah, so I think the lesson there for business owners too is that the more you can relate to your clients, uh, the better you're going to be too. I mean that that's been besides the wisdom that you have, the being able to shared experiences and so forth, the, the humanness that you bring to it has helped you a lot. And I sometimes think business owners forget that. We get so absorbed with the mechanics of running the business and we have to think that ultimately it's our customers that we serve and we have to be able to relate and identify with them. Let's talk for a minute about the book, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light. It's an ebook. book uh, Where can people get a copy? Uh, they can get it on Amazon or they can go to my website and uh, and purchase it uh, through the website on sales, Amazon, or CreateSpace if they want it in print or autographed copies. They can email me the, for to purchase one of those. And what you were saying about the human aspect, I wanted to, to touch on that sure. before I got away from that. Because it is so true. People don't buy products. They buy the people that sell the products yes. or the people that build the products. People don't book the blind blogger or, the, or Mr. Midway. They book Max Ivy. They, they want my story when I'm when I'm pitching for radio shows or magazine articles, and it's that way with any kind of business. And that's one of the the big advantages you have as a small business owner or an up and coming entrepreneur is you have the personal experience and the desire to communicate with these people on a level that the the more established companies with more resources can never they they just can never do it's not in their ability because of the fact that they're more established right exactly and now with the book how is it different from other books uh that are inspirational and motivational two things i think one is is that the reader is encouraged to 
report on their progress to me via email as they're going through the exercises in the book. Very interactive. That, yeah. Yeah. And that was something I was told not to do. They said, Max, people aren't going to hire you as a coach or book you as a speaker if they can get you for free. But I've seen too many people who have read the book, listened to the audio, watched the video, or even went to a seminar, and they're still the same person they were. They haven't taken any action. They're still stuck. And so I didn't want that to be the case with my book. And the other thing is, is at the end of each exercise, I share with the reader how I believe I answered or would answer the same question. Hmm. So they get they get your philosophy right up there uh, in front. You've got 11 different points that you make. Uh, it's a fairly quick read, but again, the emphasis is on the interactivity so that you actually learn as you go through. Again, as we're running out of time here, how can people get your book? They can go to theblindblogger.net and find the links there, or they can go to Amazon and search for Maxwell Ivy or Leading You Out of the Darkness. Both of them will be the first result or only result that's going to come up. All right, Maxwell Ivy, Leading You Out of the Darkness into Light, not just your average inspirational, motivational book, interactive. Max will actually email back and forth with you, and he will give you his own, how he would have answered these questions himself. So you get those success tips right from him, straight from him, from the author. Just as we wrap up here, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working on your blog or working on the amusement park business? I love to read. I'm listening to old-time radio shows. I've got a crazy dog named Penny that I have to look after because if I don't, she uh, she decides that I need to, and she can be very, very insistent. <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful dog. <laughs> Maxwell. Yeah, we call we call her Wonder Dog because the first week we had her, she threw up all over me. So. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? It's been, we're going to end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> It's been wonderful having you on the show today and just much continued success. Thank you for sharing all that you've learned and that you keep learning and sharing. I think that's important that you're a lifelong learner, it sounds like. So thank you for all of that. Thank you. And I really enjoyed it. I wish we had more time. Me too. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit us at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger or on Facebook at Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.